Hey, folks. Welcome back to Love and Grit. I'm Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. Oh, and this episode right here, you're welcome early in the words of our great poet Freeway. Our two cats this week are breaking down walls and building bridges at the same time. We will talk to 15-year-old Trey Brown, founder of Spurgo, who everybody knows is taking on the challenge of becoming a mogul and a mentor. Oh, and it's not a game. He has stores. And did you know that a super sister Voltron has been formed with a beyond dope and anonymous art collective to create works that celebrate women, global blackness and play? Yes, please. We will speak to one of the ladies of Mizakar. I know you can't wait, but first, a round of Philly faves. And today's topic, your favorite thing to do in November in Philadelphia. I love, no matter what the season, really, I really love Sesame Place. I think that is a wonderful spot. It's the only theme park in the nation based entirely on the long-running children's television show. Rye Guy loves it. That's what I was going to say. Ryan loves it. Ryan loves it. And we always have a great time. They always have light shows and parades in addition to live shows for the kiddies. Okay, so I'm going to do a whole cheating thing. I'm just going to name a dope collective that you can go to for all great things that's going on in fall because they just had a really great Halloween party. I'm talking about Tiny Room for Elephants. They are the lead artists, curators. They are the link to all the dope artists and events and events, including artists. So if I were you, I would just follow Tiny Room for Elephants and just get your life. Okay, mine is the Jasper Johns exhibit at the Art Museum. So let's talk about Jasper Johns. He's still alive. He's still creating art. And he has this amazing relationship with Philadelphia. And he split an amazing exhibit between here at the Philadelphia Museum of Art and the Whitney in New York that goes all through his lifetime. I cannot recommend it enough. I went with my four-year-old nephew. He loved it. I mean, this is really a special thing to have in Philadelphia, and it's really worth going to see. Wait, so his four-year-old nephew is going to art museums and Rachel's four-year-old son, we're going to Sesame Place. <laughs> I mean, we went to the zoo too. <laughs> okay. You're going to have to upgrade, Rachel. I just got to say, nobody got a better art scene in Philly all day. Like, listen to what we just said. I mean, people moved to Philly just to get put on in the arts. I, I love it. Did you see what the Wall Street Journal said about that? I did not. What happened? Rachel? It's basically Wall Street meets Broad Street. So the Wall Street Journal said that Philadelphia is a historic heavyweight of a city, is a booming cultural and culinary destination. We know it. Hashtag blushing. Hashtag loving grip. Ben told you. (laughs) Oh, we we should get the show started, I guess. Let's do it. Listen, class is in session because when you hear about a 15-year-old boy who turned his passion for design and community into a six-figure company in only three years, you may need to pay attention. By now, you should have heard of the legend of Trey Brown and the company he started with his birthday money, Spurgo. But did you know that Trey is one of the most sought-after youth speakers in the country? That he's been featured on a billboard in Times Square? That he's opened up two stores and got a key to the city? And he's almost in the 10th grade. How do you start off as a 12-year-old with 16 T-shirts and get to where you are today? Uh, I just... As a 15-year-old with a store in the King of Prussia Mall. No, no, no. Not just that. Not just that. Wait, we got to read like through all your credentials. The fact that he is a CEO, billionaire, basically, and he retired his mom. That's so I want my son to meet you. He can retire me. Rachel's trying to have that kid work. He's three years old. (laughs) She is just trying to like. So this is this is Rachel's 
favorite interview ever. Sure. And it hasn't even started. Mr. Brown, it's true. He is telling you the truth. But go ahead. Now tell us the origin story. I started Spurgo with my birthday money. I had $300 for my birthday and I spent. That's a lot of birthday money. It's all I'm going to say. That was like, that was like. Because he was a good boy and he had got good grades. (laughs) So I had got $300 for my birthday. I spent half of that, you know, like video games. I was in the music at the time. I bought like pianos, different things like that. But then I had the other half and I wanted to invest in something powerful. And I already had in my mind that I wanted to get into clothing. You know, my mom, she was a seamstress. And then also in school, I, I just started mixing up my uniforms, like Rocket Tim's and things. And I just was getting into the clothing. I came up with the name Spurgo, combining the words sports and heroes. I had a geo at the end because Spurgo's for the go-getters. I used the other half to get my first 16 t-shirts. I sold out the first week to family and friends. Then I used the money that I sold out with, like, and just constantly kept reinvesting. How did you know how to do this? I barely could keep my birthday money at your age. Right. I reached out to a community leader a little bit before I started. Uh, his name is Mr. Nehemiah Davis. And he was known for, like, helping people start businesses and stuff like that. And I hit him up, like, I'm 12 years old. I want to start a clothing brand and different things like that. And he sent me his course for free, teaching people how to start a clothing brand. Then also, he would always just constantly, like, call me. And he would just teach me about, like, reinvesting. He would teach me about going out to different barbershops and different things like that, how important it is, you know, to introduce yourself. I had a lot of mentors in my journey to help me get to the next level. So many times entrepreneurs hear no. So when you went to Mr. Omar's barbershop, was that the very first barbershop you went to or had you hit up a couple before he said, yeah, absolutely, you can you know, sell clothes here? Actually, that was the first day that I started. I went to one barbershop before him. Okay. It was like on the way down, but he was the second barbershop, literally the second barbershop that I went into. So how do you end up in King of Prussia Mall? Like you had a store in North Philadelphia. How did you get that open? And then how do you end up in the biggest mall in the country? Right. I had the store in Brewerytown, you know, North Philadelphia. Yep. I don't know. It was really just like we already was talking about getting a store in King of Pressure Mall. You know, we was really cool, like with the owners of Simon Mall and different things like that. Uh-huh. So they just wanted us in there. They wanted us in there for a long time. You know, and actually the owner of the building from Burrytown, he was selling the building, you know, and we was already thinking about getting a store in King of Pressure Mall. So it was like just the perfect time. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Yeah. How did you get all these celebrities, your clothing line, as a teenager in Philly? How did you get P. Diddy's number? That's That's, what I want to know. How did you get Diddy on this project? I was just moving around the city, you know, and somebody gave me Mr. Sean Diddy Cone's phone number. I FaceTimed him when I had first got his number. Wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop. What made you <laughs> FaceTime someone from the gate? Did the course tell you to do that? Like, what made no, you, no, 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 no. <laughs> instead of either text messaging or, okay, I'm going to call and pitch, what made you decide I'm going to FaceTime and I'm going to keep FaceTime until I get you? Right. I, I just FaceTime. That's just what I thought. Like, maybe he'll pick up. You know, he probably got his phone in his hand. But, you know, he a busy guy, so he ain't pick up. But then I sent him a video. That was strategic. Yep. Uh, I was 12 at the time. This was probably my 12. seventh, eighth month in business. I sent him a video really just introducing myself. You know, my name Trey Brown. I'm a 12-year-old entrepreneur. I'm the CEO of Spurgo. Spurgo represents power, strength, and courage. Mr. Sean, I really look up to you. If you could mentor me in any way. And it was just like a video like that 
And mm-hmm. I said that to him probably like late July. One morning I'm packing shirts up. It's like 10 in the morning. I just keep hearing my phone ring constantly. Like my phone just keep ringing. I'm like, yo, what's going on? And I check my phone and people texting me and they told me that Mr. Sean Diddy Combs posted me on his Instagram, you know, and that was oh. just ages. I was getting support from all over the world. My website sold out. You know, I was getting followers and different connections from all over the world. And then last year in 2020, I was finally able to meet him. Me and my mom, we was in New York for an interview. And on our way back on the train, I just keep going on Instagram and I keep hearing everybody say like, yo, Miami to move this weekend because of Super Bowl weekend and different things like that. And I'm like, mom, we should go down Miami. You know, she like, all right, let's go. We went down Miami. We didn't have no plans. We didn't know what we was going to do. We was texting before, but this time I said, I'm going to just FaceTime him. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he ever picked up a FaceTime, like the first time me and him actually like talked. I was like, yo, Mr. Sean, you the only one in Miami without Spurgo on right now. You know, he was like, pull up right now, pull up to the house, pull up right now. And, you know, I came prepared when I came down Miami. I just had a bunch of gear. I had like three suitcases full of Spurgo merch. I pulled up to the crib. His house was like just really big. People just coming up to me, like asking me that I want water, that I want this, that I want that. His pool, like you could see through his pool. We was just chopping it up. And then, you know, I gave him Spurgle merch and he was saying how much he was proud to be. And then after that, it was just a good night. He let me come to dinner like it was him, DJ Collett. Oh my God. So, but that just showed you being prepared and just being ready. I didn't know what was going to happen, but we just took the risk. Tell you us, have some I- serious luck. That's not luck. That is him being ready in that drive and that hustle and his morning affirmations, I am short. Yeah, so I have affirmations that I always go by in the morning, really, because it's a lot of negative people in the world. And it's mm-hmm. or a lot of the negative things that may be said to you. But I say the affirmations, you know, to affirm a po- Rachel, who positive this, lifestyle. What other podcast guest does this remind you of talking about waking up and doing these affirmations? Questlove, was it? Questlove. Yes. It also makes me think of my son. We do the same thing with him every morning before school. But you go ahead. Tell us about yours. Yeah, affirmation is definitely important. But I just say to affirm a positive lifestyle, like I say things that are speaking into existence. Like before I ever traveled, I always would say, like, I'm a world traveler. I'm successful. I'm a leader. You know, I'm a winner. I'm positive. I'm powerful. So when people would say negative things, you wouldn't even feel it because you already feel it in yourself. Like you spoke all these things into existence or you spoke all these positive things into yourself so that's why i say the affirmations but i say every morning in the mirror you know i just find positive things to myself and into the air so i accidentally cut justin off he had asked you about the sixers so tell us about that partnership and what that looks like and how that came about yeah we spurgo is the sixers by black partner that was like an amazing opportunity you know that happened they had a buy black program where they was going to help a black business like with marketing opportunities and different things like that and it was like over 900 people that signed up you know and then i was chosen so it's been a great opportunity for me growing up like watching you know the game to being a part of the game is really amazing like my hometown really just being able to back me 100%. No, let's, this is the nagging question that Rachel wants to know. Tell us how you helped your mom retire. <laughs> 
it was just like really getting up out that time. Like everything just really started moving quickly. And it was just like a lot of opportunities that I was missing out on. One, because I was in school too. That's when I started getting homeschooled. And then also like a lot of times my mom was at work. It was a lot of different things that she would just have to handle because like she's an adult. And then I retired my mom on November 6th, 2019. And, you know, from the day that she was retired from work and like started to help me with Spurgo, Spurgo been going up ever since. So, you know, uh, my mom just been something that's one of my biggest accomplishments, probably my biggest accomplishment. Yeah, it really played a big part. Now my mom helped me every single day. Are your friends supportive? Yeah, for sure. In the beginning, I had a lot of friends like when I was going to school, I had a lot of friends, you know, that would laugh at me and different things like that. Just because I was like doing something different. You know, I had a clothing brand. You know, I would say my affirmations on a lot of my friends would work. They would laugh at me, but a lot of my friends now, you know, they they work with Spurgo. All my friends now is like really supportive. I got a couple of like new friends and a couple of old friends that have been just supporting me from the beginning. I love that. And can you you tell us where people can follow you on Instagram and your website? You can follow me at CEO Trey Brown and you can follow Spurgo at Spurgo Billionaire, official Spurgo, S-P-E-R-G-O, Spurgo.com to shop Spurgo. You got to get a Spurgo. So what are you going to do next? You must have gigantic plans if you've accomplished all this by the age of 16. For sure. We just just had two grand openings in one weekend last weekend. The first grand opening was the grand opening KOP. You know, my store that used to be on 30th Street, you know, we moved to the King of Pressure. It was amazing. Like, it was packed. Everybody in Philly, like, just showed, you know, a lot of love. And then also our second grand opening the next day, we opened up a store in Pentagon City Mall in the DMV area. Oh, yeah. That was a new project we just had with Spurgo. And then also we have a Spurgo. X Shark Tank episode. It was definitely a big and great experience. Do you want to grow the brand that you put stores everywhere? Or like, what is your vision? Really, my vision for Spurgo is really for Spurgo to be a global brand, like really having national and international stores. I want Spurgo to be, you know, the go-to brand, like when you want to wear something positive. I want everybody to feel like, yo, like when I wake up, I want to have a great day today. So I'm going to throw on my Spurgo. Okay, so we all know about the power of a collective, but what about an anonymous art collective composed primarily of Black women? Wait, there's more. Now this is an art collective, so imagine the members represent all kinds of dope veins, like illustrator, photographer, designer, prop stylist, street artist, and collage artist. What's the mission, you ask? To create works that celebrate women, global Blackness, and play. Yes, it exists. The name of this collective, Mizikar. And that's racism backwards, is it? Sure is. That is so smart. So how did you take (laughs) on this persona? So basically, I practiced under a different name for many years. And I just kind of felt like any marginalization that you have, whether it's female identifying, Black, whatever it is, that always precedes whatever you do creatively. We've got a Black artist. We've got a woman artist. We've got this thing. And so I was like, you know what? I just need to do something that kind of creates better boundaries and sets it up. So this is about the work. It's about the offerings that I have to publicly share versus so much like, what is it to be a Black artist? What is it to be a woman? 
I don't know. I've always been black. Wait you know? a minute. So, you don't like those labels? How is that possible? <laughs> and I mean, I'm proud of all of those. Things. Of course. It's just, it's just so challenging to be seen in duplicity and multiplicity. So being able to work anonymously allows me to kind of move through the world in, in some ways a very freer way, you know? Can you talk about what type of a bond exists with the women that you're working with? I assume that even if you're not working on a special piece together do you guys still get together do you have that type of camaraderie oh yeah we're damn near like codependent I mean like I like to say we're interdependent but pretty much everyone in the collective we've known each other for like a decade plus we definitely get together and there's an ease like people come in and out they've got their own careers and creative paths and all of those things it's just lending to this kind of little mini conglomerate of creatives you know it's like a secret society almost like (laughs) I love it I mean it's got I mean I don't know if you have to pledge or not or how you get involved. No, no. It's really like you got some good idea and want to come play and make creative stuff. Come along. You know what I mean? Well, I love what you said when you introduce yourself on the website and like, hi, internet, you know, this is who I am and you want to be an ally. Well, tell us what you have in mind. Don't come to me asking me, how do I get involved or what do I do? Well, what are you bringing to the table? We're so excited that you're part of the Love and Grit Storefront Project. Do you want to tell us about your businesses and how you came up with the art? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the artists that were selected to do it had a chance to choose the businesses. I chose Modern Republic, which has this beautiful furniture. Sorry, sorry. I love them. They're so great. Like the curation, everything about it is so cool. And like so much of our work deals with space. So both businesses that we chose, we chose also the African-American Museum. Both of them deal with space and culture. To us, they're both iconic Philly places as well too. I was thinking about how we hold culture in different ways. So there's like culture on display at the museum. And then there's like culture as far as holding and archiving and selling from modern republics. So we kind of took that approach and then also thought about what that holds future leaning and just went at it with colors and shapes and all kinds of fun stuff. It's such a cool project that we took 24 empty storefronts and then used local artists to create art that represent black and brown businesses. You can see it all around the city. It's so cool. You have so many different pieces of art and projects and different mediums, but can you tell us about the process of a project, like the sequence of whose hands it goes through? Absolutely. So people kind of come from all across creative mediums in this. There's a couple of photographers, a graphic designer, an illustrator. We meet mm, at least once a week. We go over like whatever cool antics, as we call them, are on the table. So it's like we should submit to this or we should propose there's a cool building over there. Or like I was thinking about people who uphold parks, but don't enjoy them the same way that other people do. Like, how do we create a piece of artwork that's surrounded with that. And so we get together, bring up cool things that should exist, and then figure out how to make them exist. So then how does that play into the different themes that you guys focus on? Obviously, you're celebrating women, you're celebrating people of color and global Blackness. But I know one of the themes also relates to play. So can you talk a little bit about that component, the play, like what that means? A lot of the times when you're dealing like with 
elevating voices, it's so easy to get caught in the mistreatment of people. So that underlying element of play is a must for every single project. That's a non-negotiable. And a lot of the times, even when we're working on things, if they become frustrating or there's a hiccup with it, we try to get together and work out, is this fun? Is it fun for us to do? Does the fun shine through in the project? And we know there's challenges. There's all of those things, but to approach it from fun and play, it's a great way to live. It's a great way to connect with other people. And we really feel like that comes through with the work. So there may be a project that say only two people from the collective are working on because they're just better suited for it. And on that case, the other members of the collective are kind of like the cheerleaders on it and making sure that everyone's still enjoying the project and what needs to get done to maintain that element of joy as we're making the work and delivering to hold it straight through. And that falls nicely into even as you guys take a look at history and what could change and what it could mean for the future. That's such a positive impact when you add that component of play into it. There's so much suffering. We concentrate a lot on the suffering and it's there. We have to work through like even this collective, it's a healing mechanism and trying to create archetypes of what could exist. When you really just break down things that we kind of see as troublesome in society, what could exist in lieu of that? Or in addition to that, what other ways can we reframe? Because a lot of things just aren't working. So we're like, why not have some fun with it and see there's no wrong answer to something that's not working as it is. Well, there is a wrong answer, but we try to like stay away from that. You know what I mean? What projects do you have coming up that we should look for? There is a a new wall that just went up in Germantown. Yeah, it's on Germantown Avenue. And it was a collaboration with BET and overall murals. And so that's currently in the city in all its glory. We're pretty much brewing. Mural season's done and our outdoor antics are coming to a close. So we're in our studio right now working on new stuff. Where can everybody find you on social? You can find me at mz.com. I-C-A-R on Instagram. And that's it because social will like suck your whole life. So we're just on Instagram. I'm, I'm one of the geriatric millennials. And like, we've got some older people in there as well. Today. <laughs> we're all like done. We're like, we did MySpace. We've done our time. We're, we're done. Stop it. Know? Stop it. <laughs> Thanks so much for talking to us from a lift while you're painting a mural. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty Thank cool. You so much. The team and our just, we're so excited and honored to have this work and support these businesses and rep Philly so hard. It's the most, well, I'm not going to sing it. It's the most wonderful time of the year, though. Come oh, on. Oh, I can so hear you singing that, Jessica. Oh, my God. So I? I just, I, you guys thought I was going to do it, but I I'm not doing it. I was, I was all bouncing. Like, yeah, I got to get so you guys happy. gifts. And I have a great place to go for everybody else who's looking for gifts. It's okay. visitphilly.com and look for the black and brown businesses. But here's even the better thing. You can win an amazing sweepstakes with great gifts from a bunch of black and brown businesses in Philadelphia and really help support the economy and find great things from these businesses that are really trying to support their local communities. So it's visitphilly.com and make sure you're following us at Love Grit 
Philly on Instagram. What do you guys want? Any requests? Oh, I have a whole list and I'll give you that next week so that you can choose because there's a variety of options, different prices. Okay, that gives me yeah. a little bit more time to shop. Yeah. Categories and stuff, lifestyle, food, you know, okay. wine, you know. Yeah, right. I, I know you guys are planning my gifts too, so oh. we can talk about Oh, yeah, that. yeah. Oh. What's your favorite oh. gift? Is it the woman that's jumping or is it the man that make the face? What's your favorite gift? <laughs> All right, everybody, have a real good couple weeks and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> These are my friends. These are my friends. Allegedly. <laughs>